The wind chime behind the dogwood made its lonesome self known among the sleeping birds in their little homes. I sat in my house, my tall house, by my stick, my walking stick, pondering whether to take a journey with you, evening, morning, afternoon, this was early morning, pre-dawn, pre-clouds, pre-sun, pre-commute, pre-dust, pre-supper fry pan, pre-rhyme or reason, pre-children playing, pre-NFL game in the distance. pre-podcast, pre-love, free love, free being. Why do the chimes intoxicate? Why do they, why do they, well, why do they spring up from nowhere? Where does the wind come from? What is the source of the wind? God. Is it the God that we know? Is God free? Does he have to listen to nine billion different requests? Does Mother Mary have to come and aid him like the parent that she is at the foot of her Lord Jesus and God Christ? Are the saints and angels in their sparkling wardrobe come down in singular fashion upon this earth, this lowly earth, this sponge, this dot, this non-expanse. Does the geography of our land trip us? I decided to walk, walk in the glades, walk under the leaves, under the same birds now awakening at 4.23 a.m. I had waited in a chair in my lonely, wide house with 18 walls like an octagon house in the Shakerland. Was I an Eskimo? Was I in my studio, at my microphone, at the ready? Did words describe how I felt that morning when I left the house? Not knowing what my adventure would lay before me? Not knowing how the road 
would turn into a path and the path turn into a stream. Those same chimes kept their utterances apart from one another. They created an amphitheater of love and well-being. Well-being. Well-being on the streets of L.A., in the barrios of Sao Paulo, in the slums of Shanghai, among the rich, among the poor, among the middle class, seeking for that answer. Don't we all seek? Yes, we do. Do I sign high mighty? Does this cat skimper by the room just as he did now in the studio? A small room, unassuming, no wind chimes. Do the chimes have to carry the tune of the day, of the night, of the midday? The clock on the wall, the cat meowing coming back into the studio. Listen to the tunes of the day and the evening and the night and the midday. Listen to the rambling rose, the scarlet begonia. Listen for the tulips are sweating with beads of balls of color. Listen for the Easter Bunny and Santa on his sleigh and the jack-o'-lantern. They're all part of the same club, part of the same non-mysterious existence we call the holidays, or do we? That reminds me of Christmas. That reminds me of getting gifts and shopping. That reminds me of the joy on a child's face. Are we all children? Yes, we are. This is a recording, a recording of the Martian Land Japanese cheap film horror show. The murder mystery, the Agatha Christie novel, the Edgar Allan Poe epic, all in a short story. The Ernest Hemingway, the Tennessee Williams, the Henry Wordsworth Longfellow, the Walden Pond, the Ray Bradbury, and the mystery of George Orwell. Dystopic, dystopic, dystopic. I take my pen now to my script and edit out certain words. I want phrases that connect, connect with you and me. I want unity, unity. I want peace. I want understanding through the harmony, through the notes, through every passage, under the trees, under the archway, the grand archway, 
the car-fitting archway of Yosemite of Yellowstone. I want to impress, I want to share, I want to be in, I want to groove. I want to be part of the enrapturement, be part of the now instead of the then. Is it Zen? When then Zen? Will it make it? Will I edit? Will I tweak? Will I take my prose pen and throw it out the window, the small windows in my studio that create a breeze and the wind chime is alone in the background of love and existence? Am I existentialist? Do I take words and twist them? Do I ask for meaning and why I'm here in my own existence? So I returned that home. I returned it. The home that was in my heart. Nine forty, nine forty one, nine forty two, nine forty three, an upward count to where I will meet God in heaven. He's mentioned every five minutes of my talk. He comes into play in everything we do, in everything we experience, in our troubles, in our joys, in our horrors, in our happiness in our solitude, in our mixing of people and social events. Do we need to stay a space apart? Do we need to stand at the bank line six feet away from the next patron? Does the bank robber comply? Does he stand in line too? I saw a robbery the other day at a bank, at the Mercantile Bank. Sergeant Frumpy came up, all 110 pounds, and I wondered why he was so light with such a fat name. Fat and P-H-A-T. Fat. With his attitude, though, he was bigger than life. He had been in a Buckles Brannigan play just the other day, on stage. Yes, they staged South Fork. Can you believe it? Hope you enjoyed this meditation. Um, gonna do a lot more of them. They're a lot of fun. I just like to play off words. No, you don't, guy. No, you don't. That's Millie. Millie, go back to Harbinger, wherever you're from. Portsmouth, England. Go back to Portsmouth, England. Look at your boats. Watch the Titanic take off with its doomed crew and patrons of the Pacific and Atlantic. 
Do you know that boat never saw the, the waters or mist of the Pacific? Strictly an Atlantic vessel that never made it to New York. Seems like the papers were printed before the event happened. Everybody in the city knew what had happened. Thousands dead. There's an iceberg floating. But let me get back to what I want to say, and that is I love meditating by talking and expressing myself through meditation. Isn't that pretty cool? So my studio is dark. I have it that way. Uh, the chimes are a part of the propping. They um, give me the impetus, if you will, to carry on with my parlance or parlance. And I also am happy in knowing that my cats are safe and my loved people out there, my relatives and friends, are doing just fine with the world. They're needing it to their own purposes. This is a little mini meditation within a meditation. It's like a house of mirrors. Very reflective. Words can kind of cue you into the next words. Phrases can signal you into how you want to phrase and rephrase. But, you know, it's live radio and you got to get it right. No script here. That's the furthest away. That's like in the Sahara if you're up in the North Pole or in Bombay if you're uh, in, in some place in town in Kentucky. It's uh, Buckles Brannigan to La Traviata. It's uh, logic versus the opposite of Spock. I uh, want to do a story, a couple of stories, if I can, before we close, to uh, pay homage to the great science fiction shows of yesteryear, now making it to MeTV and other such channels. Comet and such, and uh, they're going to be doing all specials and marathons. Do you like the marathon? Uh, write to me. No, don't. I don't really. I'd rather have you write to me about my meditation work or or love because I don't find it to be an effort at all. I find it to be free flow. Oh golly. Oh, you're free flow, free flow. How much time do I want to close this show? Well, can I go on with my uh, British accent? I say, I'm from Portsmouth, England. I know you're from Portsmouth, England, Millie. You told me. Yes, you did. Millie Gentiless. You're not gentle. You're less of gentle. You're east of Eden. And um, Raymond Massey would be proud of you. James Dean would be beside himself. And Natalie Wood, whoever played the other actress. Uh, Julie Harris, I believe. That was a good movie. Um, Raymond Massey's on his deathbed. His son comes to him for forgiveness and clarification, justification. 
why he was such a ne'er-do-well uh, compared to his brother. His brother died in the movie, um, or was very badly injured, actually. Incredible. One of the more powerful scenes in Hollywood uh, was when the father, played by Raymond Massey, as I said before, greets him at the train, and he's fresh off the war, I believe, with other soldiers. Uh, no, he's left. He's left in a um, in a bit of a tizzy, as they say. Uh, he's leaving home, and his father intercepts or tries to. The train is on the tracks, getting ready to haul off to who knows where. And um, the actor played really well. The young actor uh, smashes his face with charge of glass ripping through his skull. He just takes his face and just pushes it through the glass. Some of the charts probably land on the actor, Raymond Massey, the father in East of Eden, that great movie. So I want to just relate that. And I want to relate to you that there's going to be more of these meditations, as I said earlier. There's going to be more of these circumvent or circumscribed or circum-something um, why do I try to take fancy words and use them and then not really know what they are? Or I do know what they are and I just can't say the whole word. I have syllabac... I'm syllabically... or syllabically... challenged. Let's just put it that way. So I want to take you on some journeys. I want to bring you in... Uh, buckles aside whose budget increased exponentially, by the way. You're going to find that out in upcoming episodes. Not really. <laughs> just having fun with it. I like to just romp and rant. I like to ramble using Buckles as my little uh, prop. I like to prop him up. Yeah, he's, he's a prop. It's right down to his buckle, right down to his spurs, uh, right down to his horse intrepid. Uh, including the town, all the people, inhabitants in it, the 87 of them, or 113, depending on what episode you listen to. Uh, never over 120 people. Never over 113. Men, women, and children. Um, no COVID scare. It's 1868 or 1870 or 1880, enough distance from the Civil War for reflection, but not too far away from it to uh, to forget about it. But of course, we'll never forget about 600,000 of American, our fellow Americans, uh, perishing in the battlefields from Shiloh to Gettysburg to Antietam. Uh, there's a rich history in those tree in those tree uh, barks, in the bark of the tree, in the trunks, there's a, a a real, real depth of knowledge, a real finalization. First of all, to the war itself, would that be the last war on the planet? Could that be a novel? Yes, it could be a great title for a novel, but it not yet to be. Um, the New York office hasn't approved. 
Let's close with just the way fitting clothes that we should. And it's obvious. It's in the background right now as you hear it. It's the beautiful wind utterances. Good day. Take a deep breath and listen. Just check it out. I'd like to thank my patrons and friends, John Jacobs and Story Evermore via Rhode Island, both of them now in New York, living and thriving. Thanks to all. Good wishes to all.